Pam. I'm Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome, Welcome to Ozark Paints and Hooch. Hooch. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about paints, hooch, and history. Hello, podcast world. We are here to bring you spooky stories from the Ozark Mountains of Southern Missouri and Northern Arkansas while enjoying an adult beverage that is themed <laughs> around tonight's feature story. <laughs> My cohorts are actually sisters. I'm Pam Afa. I was raised in Northwest Arkansas, Washington County, just a little south of Fayetteville in a little town called West Fork. And I am going to uh, let them introduce themselves. Uh, so that kind of makes me the outsider of this, uh, of this gang. Yeah, man. <laughs> Never. Uh, but Never. Uh, so uh, we'll start with introductions. We'll have Dawn go first and then Dina. And then Deidre's going to finish this up because she's our mixologist for the evening. Take it, girls. Okay. Hi, I'm Dawn. And uh, I'm going to only... Um, admit this one time, but I'm the oldest sister, and um, <laughs> I am I am displaced from the Ozarks. I'm in South Carolina, Ooh, so that's yes. and me. And I'm going to be doing the big story tonight. All right, Yay. Dina. All right, my name is Dina, and I'm the baby. No um, kidding. I, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, I am. I live in Forsyth, Missouri. I've lived here all my life, and I am going to do the secondary story this evening. Cool. <laughs> Deidre? Okay. Well, I am Deidre, also known as Dida, to my nieces and nephews and other kids around the neighborhood. I also live in Forsyth, and uh, while I am married to an official um, professional mixologist, uh, my drink tonight um, came from, uh, I got the inspiration from a um, recipe I found on delish.com. And so what I've named this drink is Spook Light Spirits, okay? Ooh, um, I have taken some liberty with this drink. Originally, here are the ingredients. It called for three ounces of gin, a half ounce of lemon juice, a teaspoon of grenadine, a handful of ice, and some tonic water. Okay, so I'm not a big gin drinker. It's okay, I'll drink it occasionally. But um, in light of having to buy a whole bottle for myself, I chose to purchase some vodka. So I've used three ounces of vodka and I happen to like lime juice a lot better than lemon juice. So I went with a half of an ounce of lime juice. And there's some great lime juice out there that is not concentrated. There's, um, oh, I think it's called uh, Volcano Lime that's really great. And then I just tried a new lime juice tonight that's good. I'll have to look up the name of that for you a little bit later. You know, um, there's that lime then, juice like that actually comes in the skin. Too. Oh yeah. Well, um, because I drink so much lime juice, I, I don't, I, yeah, sorry. I just use the stuff that's actual lime. Okay. Um, I started thinking of a, like, well, how do they bottle that anyway? Um, then, uh, you, uh, use a handful of ice with all of those ingredients, put them, 
uh, in a glass, uh, of course. You mix them with a cocktail shaker um, and then, or I will use the cocktail shaker on top of the glass and then there it's already in the glass. Then you can pour it into the glass. Um, you top it with the tonic water. You garnish it with either a glow stick or if you're having a big party, you can use a black light. And so Ooh. I am not having a big party and I did not have a glow stick, but I had a black light. So I held the black light up to it and sent pictures to my sisters and um, my adopted si sister, Pam. Uh, and um, it does actually glow. And the trick does. is it's the tonic water. The tonic water has um, um, quinine. Thank you. The, to <laughs> the uh, tonic water has quinine and uh, that's what makes it, uh, that's what makes it glow. So Glowing. in honor of our story tonight, that is your drink, the spook light spirit. So let's talk about that. I actually, I think I'm the, uh, Pam, I don't know if you use gin. I use gin. I use and gin. I thought three ounces of gin was a lot. So like if I start giggling, <laughs> Well, I think mine and my my pour ended up being about two ounces. Me it was too. A little yeah. light on the gin, yeah. yeah. Well, mine was three ounces of vodka, and I'm feeling it. Thank God your part's <laughs> almost over. We may lose Excellent. you. <laughs> mine was three ounces of vodka, and I'm at the very end, so you might have to wake me up. Ah, wow. Oh, uh, all okay, right. the spook light cocktail leads us right into our feature story that Dawn's going to do for us. It's about the Joplin spook light. So what else can I say about that, Dawn? That's about it, right? That's take it. it. Okay, so hi, this is Dawn, and I've got the big story. And I, it just occurs to me, people tell us this all the time, that Deidre and Dina and I sound exactly the same. So... We can tell each other apart. Sometimes our mom has trouble telling each other apart. But um, anyway. Maybe so, we should have a contest sometime about oh, telling sisters apart or something. That would be great. Like we could do a whole episode where you have to guess who does what. Who's <laughs> oh, speaking now? Who's speaking yeah. now? Call in. Okay. Um, so the big story. So when I was really young, like, maybe five or six. Um, our grandpa wow, Jones, a long time ago. yeah, our grandpa <laughs> Jones took me to see the Joplin spook light. And, um, what's weird about it is mom doesn't remember it. I don't really remember a whole lot about it. Like I don't remember who was with us. Um, it had to be late at night because you'll see why here in a minute. Um, but all I remember is we drove forever and we ended up on a dirt road and it was late. And at the end of the road was this bouncy light that sort of bounced around and kind of changed colors and kind of faded and stuff. Um, and as I looked at pictures later in my life, that's the dirt road we were on. So that's, I don't remember it, but I've always been kind of fascinated with it. So anybody from Southern Missouri um, and, and actually uh, Northeast Oklahoma have probably heard of it, but they may have heard of it by a different names. Like sometimes you hear of it called the tri-state light and that's for um, Missouri, Kansas, and Oklahoma. 
and sometimes you hear it as the Hornet spook light because it's um, uh, Hornet, Missouri is really close. Um, but it's fairly famous. There's a um, series on Amazon Prime featuring it. There is tons of information on it, lots of YouTubes, and there's even an entry on it in Atlas Obscura. So that's pretty, you know, famous. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, you can still go try to see it. I'll talk more about that in a minute, but it occurs between 10 p.m. and midnight. And this is kind of important um, because at the end of the thing, I'm going to talk about what it might be. So at 10 p.m. and midnight, most of the time it's a single ball of light, but sometimes it divides into multiple ones. Um, Sometimes it changes colors. Sometimes it's blue, white, orange. Sometimes it fades. Sometimes it sparks. Sometimes it moves. Sometimes it bounces. Um, it doesn't just like, like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it say, doesn't. All of us. It doesn't like sounds or loud sounds or large groups. Um, it's not affected by the weather. That's going to be important in a minute. Um, it's usually seen from very far away, but it's actually been also reported to have uh, come inside a car one time. Um, and it's chased people, supposedly. Ooh. Some people say it radiates heat. Some people say it radiates static electricity. It really varies over this testimony. Um, and that's because this thing has been... Um, talked about in the Ozarks for a really, really long time. So let me start with the kind of the history. A lot of the history uh, about this comes from this man named Vance Randolph, who, um, if I, when I do longer stories, I'll probably refer to him because he was one of, well, probably the first researcher that came to the Ozarks from outside of the Ozarks and actually wrote down everything he saw. And um, he came, um, he loved it so much that he ended up marrying a local girl and living here in the Ozarks and, and dying here. And um, boy, man, I don't know if you guys have ever read his books. They're kind of like a stream of consciousness, like, They'll have chapters, but then once you get to the chapter on folk medicine or whatever, it's like a free-for-all. It's like a stream of consciousness. So to find any, like, specific anything is really hard. I saw one of his books on the Amazon for sale the other day. Was it expensive? Because a lot of them are out of print. No, I don't think so, because I put it on my wish list. I can't remember now what the, what the price was, but it couldn't have been you know, over $20. Or I uh, well, have. some of them, you know, it kind of depends. I have several of them because I'm doing some research for a show uh, that I'm writing about the Ozarks. But anyway, um, so what am I? Oh, okay. So he links the spook light to a small community near Joplin, Missouri called Spooksville, <laughs> which that's the only time you ever hear. <laughs> Of that community. So it makes Come me wonder if he didn't Get make a little that more creative, please. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, and so uh, Spooksville is found along a road called Devil's Promenade, which actually I found lots of people call that particular road the Devil's Promenade. And um, it's really called State Line Road. So the light itself is actually, supposedly, 
in Oklahoma near Quapaw, but it's easiest to see in Oklahoma looking towards Missouri. So that's why they call it the Joplin spook light because the Joplin is the biggest city or the Hornet spook light, you know, all those are in Missouri, but it's because you're supposed to stand in Oklahoma and look towards Missouri to see it. So you got to be facing east from Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah. 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 You'd have to be facing east. Oh, okay. I'm lying. Oh, no. But it's easiest. Don't to lie. It's easiest to see. <laughs> okay. There's a couple of different. I mean, I found two different things. It's it's easier. Easy. It's either easiest to see standing in Missouri looking at Oklahoma, but I think it's the other way around. I know. I should have caught that. Um, so I think it's you have to stand in Oklahoma and look towards Missouri. How would that work if the light's in Oklahoma? That can't be. I don't know. I think you I, stand in Joplin and look towards Oklahoma. Okay. Remember, I was five. I don't remember. We were on a dirt road. I think we were still in Missouri, perhaps. Uh, yeah. I should have looked at and that. And there's a little gin involved too. So, and you know. there's a lot of gin. <laughs> and B, uh, there's a map that you can look at, uh, which I'll ah. talk about later. All right. So pretend like um, you're standing in Missouri looking at Oklahoma. That's what we're going to say. Okay. Well, I am okay. standing in Missouri. But you're not looking at Oklahoma. <laughs> I am not look looking west, at Oklahoma. young woman. Look west, young woman. <laughs> Go west. So old timers, according to Vance Randolph, called it the jack-o'-lantern, which I love. And um, so when you read these older testimonies, they say, uh, most people say that it was a haint or a ghost. Um, the, supposedly Indians saw it as early as 1835. That's really important. Um, but the first um, written record was in 1881 in a publication called the Ozark Spook Light. And so, <laughs> wow, I know, That's 1881. Yeah. So Sending lots on Oh, just wait. Um, lots of, um, lots, there's lots of variety, like older, older stories call it a haint. But there's lots of variety about what that haint could be. So let me just list this off for you. So some people thought it is an Osage Indian chief who was murdered. And so he's walking around the hills wandering. Some people said it was a Quapaw Indian maiden who drowned herself over the death of her brave. He went out and warred with a neighboring tribe and didn't come back. Um, one of the native legends is that there was a native couple who jumped off a cliff because their families didn't like each other and so wouldn't let them be Ooh. together, which is very Romeo Capulets and Juliet. the Montagues right there yeah. in Missouri. But you know, um, well, Oklahoma, it'd be in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you like read any native stuff, marriages really didn't work that way. Um, so that's kind of interesting. So there's a couple of white legends, non-native legends too. Um, one of them said that it's a Civil War sergeant who died and is looking for his family. And then there, there are several variations on a story about a miner. Okay, so some people say the Indians killed his wife and children, so he's roaming the hills looking for them. 
Some people say that he uh, got lost in the hills coming home from work. And so the light is his lantern and he's looking. Yeah. And some people say that he got beheaded in a miner's accident. And so the light is actually him carrying his head. Oh, creepy. Why is his head glowing? You got me. Because he drank one of these freaking drinks. I don't know. No. He put quinine water in his head. He did. He put quinine yeah. all over his head. So, anyway, so there's, so yeah, those are the legends, but there's lots of personal testimony too that I found really interesting. I mean, there's so much this podcast could go on for days, but I'm, I just picked the ones that I thought were most interesting. So, um, according to Vance Randolph, there was a man named Bill Miser who was local to the Joplin area, and he remembers, uh, Bill Miser remembers an experience from the early 1900s. So he says, the first time it was seen was in 1903, and this is his story. Um, at that time, there was a widow lady living near State Line Road, which is the dirt road, Devil's Promenade. And she lived alone. And when she first reported seeing the light, she thought someone was trying to run her off her property. So uh, the reports uh, persisted. And so a bunch of friends of his and he, and they were teenagers at this time, decided they were going to go out and investigate. So these are his words. And I thought it was so funny. So I'm going to quote him. So one night, about six or seven of us went to the widow's house. We didn't have long to wait before we saw the thing that had the widow frightened. The first time I saw the light, my hair raised several inches from my scalp, and I had a hard time keeping my hat on my head. (laughs) So I thought that was really funny. So, but... Um, just kind of keep in the back of your mind hair raising because I'm going to talk about that. I mean, that's kind of a, people talk about that. Um, another local woman um, that I found this on a website, Jackie Smith, remembered her experience. So like me, her grandfather took her to see the light when she was 10. And she said her grandparents saw the light in the 1880s. So that kind of corroborates that, you know, mm. 18. 18- mm-hmm. 81 article. She explains um, that the light was vibrantly orange and approached her as she stood still. So here's her words. As it got closer, I felt like the heat was radiating off the sun. It seemed like I stood there forever. Then the light zoomed away. And then she said, I know one thing, it was not the reflection of a car. And I'll get to that in a minute. So ah, heat, yeah, and it now it's following people, right? Okay. So the first published account was in 1935 in the Neosho, Missouri newspaper, um, which is close to Joplin. And then the Kansas City Star did a story in 1936. So that just shows us the you know it's beginning to become more popular. Um the first recorded investigation of the spook light was in 1942 by a group of students from the University of Michigan. Now, I could never tell what brought Michigan people. I don't, I don't understand that. But anyway, so they set up campsites in the area for about two weeks and began testing and experimenting to determine its origin and cause, causes. 
And allegedly, they even shot at the light with high-powered rifles. So when they did that, the light supposedly only blinked out for a second or two and then reappeared in the same location. So they couldn't figure it out. This is 1942, and by this time there were cars, right? So the headlights always seems to be the theory of falling back. Yeah, because you know I mean? growing up, I mean, that's what, what I always heard is that, oh, it's, you know, nothing. It's just headlights. So right. that's interesting. Yeah. But 1880s, right? I mean, I'm going to talk about 1880s, right. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, okay. So in 1946, um, the Kansas City Star launched its own investigation um, using help from the Army Corps of Engineers out of Camp Crowder in Neosho. Missouri. Okay, here we go. Oh. UFO, UFO. Not yet. <laughs> so um, they published a report in May of 1946 that, and, and the Corps of Engineers used a, another student group to kind of help them do their experiments and they could reproduce the phenomenon using car headlights from eight to 10 miles away. But then they couldn't figure out how somebody in the 1880s could have seen headlights. So officially, the Army said that the investigation was inconclusive. So, uh -huh. huh. so um, <coughs> all right, so that's like 1940, what I say, six. So in the 50s, in the, in the early 50s, um, okay, and so let me back up here a little bit. So if you know your Ozarks history, Marvel Caves started in the 30s. People were coming, and the White River was supposed to have, um, and the springs around the White River were supposed to have all these healing properties. So the Ozarks had been kind of a tourist area, but by the 40s and the early 50s, stuff's really ramping up, right, around Branson and all that stuff. So um, from miles around, people are coming to the Ozarks. Miles and miles. And we, that may be another show we do is, you know, tourism in the early Ozarks <laughs> right. or whatever. So a man named <laughs> Arthur Spooky Meadows helped to turn <laughs> the, oh wait, the area into a tourist destination when he opened the Spooklight Museum in Joplin in the early 50s. No um, way. I know I'm so really? sad I never went to, went to it. Um, and when he was asked what he thought the light was, his words, he said, um, it's more or less a hoodoo, which means he thought it was a haint, right? <laughs> so, um, he must've been from Orleans to use the word hoodoo. Well, I don't know. He supposedly is a local. So, okay. so Branson's gearing up. So by the mid fifties, the Ozark Playgrounds Association, which I assume is a tourism bureau, published a promotional booklet with testimonials about the legend. And um, Joplin's Burgess Insurance Agency contacted Lloyds of London to secure a bond offering a $10,000 reward if the spook light could be proven to be a fake. Oh, for heaven's sake. Yeah. So wow. nobody, nobody ever did that. Um, and so then we come to the lots of really funny stories once it becomes a tourist destination. Um, for example, um, 
there is a write-up in 1964, a man dressed up in a sheet to scare his wife and her friend who'd driven out there, and he ended up getting shot with birdshot because after he started weaving oh. around down there, another man came to their oh. aid and tried to help him. So there's several shooting incidents. Yeah. So then uh, Spooky Meadows dies and Garland Spooky Middleton, <laughs> so Spooky <laughs> must be this, anyway, took over his father-in-law Spooky's museum in 1970. And the museum lasted until 1980 when it was abandoned and burned. Oh. Um, and again, I'm really so sad that we didn't ever, any of us go, you know? So yeah, that's long around the time dog patch went down too, right? Oh, didn't dog patch go down around that time in the early eighties, late seventies? I don't know because I was a kid when I went. Oh well. yeah, ooh, that'd be yeah. another good thing to talk about too, dog patch. Um, so um, as far back as nineteen eighty, Spooky Middleton said you could see the light about fifty percent of the time. But it's not the case now. So, but, but there are still sightings of it. Cause I'm like, well, is it, you know, gone, whatever it is. So, in, so I got lost in the YouTube. I have insomnia. And so sometimes I get lost down the YouTube wormhole. But in 2007, there was a TV guy from Joplin who captured what they say is the best footage. And you can find it on YouTube. And so he worked for the Joplin TV station, one of them, and they sent him out in like 2003 or four as a Halloween special interest story. So he goes out. I remember out, that, I think. Really? Well, wait, because 2007, it happened again. So he goes out and nothing happens in 2003 <laughs> or four. So, you know, there. Um, oh, okay. So in 2003. Did KY3 do it? No, whatever Joplin, whatever the Joplin station is. They sent it back out in 2007, and um, it's so charming. I mean, you guys have to watch it because he it uh, shows up, and it's like three o'clock and then four o'clock in the morning, and um, he's so excited because it's Halloween again. He's so excited that he keeps saying, "Oh my God, there it is!" And we're getting footage. We are getting footage, aren't we? And the cameraman's like, "Yeah," and he goes, "And there it is. It's right there. It's still there." I mean, he's so. You know, he just keeps turning up. There it is, y'all. It's right there. <laughs> you know, so um, there. Uh, um, anyway, that video is really worth watching. So um, David Glidden and Josh Hurd were a couple of filmmakers that created a video series called Into the Light. Um, there's two of those, one and two, and you can see them both on Amazon Prime. So in Into the Light one the spook light, Joplin spook light, is featured as one of the three most famous spook lights in America. And of course they camped out and, you know, and everything uh, and didn't see it. Um, but I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, at least it was featured. However, if you get lost down the YouTube rabbit hole, there there is footage as late as 2010 and 2011, and maybe there might be something in 2013 too. Um, there's also a local guy who is, oh, you'll just have to watch that one. He's a mansplaining mansplainer, mansplaining <laughs> Mc, mansplainer son. That's who he is. Um, I didn't, mansplainer son. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him. 
anyway, he says he's debunked it once and for all in its headlights, but he never talks oh, about Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I, I did um, sort of the end of my story here is, you know, well, then what is it? I mean, so <clears throat> here are the most popular theories. So most people will defer to headlights. And true, that state line road is paved now. And there is a road that's perpendicular to it that's kind of like an overpass. So perhaps headlights are a lot of it, but um, that doesn't explain the 1880s. And the other thing I forgot to say is if you watch this Joplin TV footage, he zooms in and this one light breaks off into three lights and they oh. sort of do their thing and then they come back together and create one light. So I'm not really and sure. And you're going to give us the link, right? Or the, which YouTube? Yeah. And did well, some of this information, Dawn, come from that uh, Discovery Channel spot on this? Uh, no, not really. Oh, this okay. was more. Um, I saw that and that, uh, that was, they had some good film footage. I mean, yeah, they did see the light and everything. So. Yeah, they did. They did. That was um, film footage from earlier. Like it wasn't yeah. theirs, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can see lots of footage on YouTube. So anyway, um, back to the headlights thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it could very well, some of the stuff that people are seeing could very well be headlights, but um, it, it still doesn't count for the older stuff, and it doesn't count for the, some of the other um, um, things that the light does, you know. So, okay, the next, mm. um, the, and the next sort of popular theory is that it's St. Elmo's Fire, which, if you don't know what that is, let me let me read the definition for you. Rob Lowe is down there. <laughs> no, I'm going Saint right now. Saint Elmo's, <laughs> who's the patron patron saint of sailors, and this is because uh, Saint Elmo's fire is a weather phenomenon in which luminous plasma is created by a coronal discharge from a sharp or pointed object in a strong electric field in the atmosphere. So, um, I have actually seen St. Elmo's fire before running along a uh, barbed wire fence out in the middle of nowhere. And so, right before a storm, when the air is full of static electricity, mm -hmm. um, you'll you, sometimes if you see balls of light, they'll travel along a fence row, and, and that's what this is. And the reason why they call it St. Elmo's fire is because boats had lots of metal, and out in the middle of the ocean, they would do that, you know, it would travel. Huh. So, okay, it could be that, except if you remember way back at the beginning, um, the light doesn't just show up when it's about to storm. Like, weather doesn't affect it. It can be raining, it can be clear, it can be cold, it can be hot. Like, there's no weather. So the weather doesn't affect it. Doesn't, we don't think the weather affects it. It's right. always there. Yeah, no commonality. Like, people have been in all different kinds of weather. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, okay. Um, and when you see St. Elmo's fire, at least when I've seen it, um, and again, I was a kid, but it sort of travels in one direction and sparks. Um, it doesn't like go backwards and break into three lights and you know what I mean? So hmm. it kind of, it's kind of running along the fence. It does change colors, but anyway. Hmm. All right. So this is interesting. Um, 
the third theory I found says that this is from underground electrical charges caused by the New Madrid Fault. Now, uh, yeah, so the New Madrid Fault, for people that don't know, is a, a, a fault line that runs through southern Missouri. Um, it caused four major earthquakes in the 18th century. There have, hasn't been anything. There have been tremors, but nothing big. Um, supposedly, we're due one. And they say that when the New Madrid Fault goes, because it is so unstable, that um, people should be able to feel it in California. I mean, it's really kind of a, that would be another good episode because people are really kind of scared about it. So they say, as the <clears throat> plates under the ground are rubbing against each other and all that pressure is being created, that the, the electricity has to go somewhere. And that's what they say it is. Wow. That's fascinating because mother and dad felt tremors in, in uh, Northwest Arkansas. This has been many, many, many years ago. But they felt it, and I, I don't know what year that was. It might have been, you know, 2000, but it was recent, uh, like, yeah, more recently, right? Yeah, yeah, there have been, I mean, yeah, there's tr there are tremors from it all the time. They say it's the worst, I'm, and I'm, I'm just talking through the gin, people. <laughs> they say it's what the worst. What they say is. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard tell it is a worse fault line than, like California, like when it goes, it's going to like, you know, California is going to fall into the ocean. Florida is going to fall into the ocean. Like it's a really big deal. Okay. Wow. Another theory, and this cracked me up, is that it's swamp gas. Okay. Or natural, uh, natural gas that's escaping and somehow igniting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bigfoot is farting. <laughs> yeah. Or that. <laughs> it could be that. Um, with a lighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then other people, of course, still say to this day that it's Haints or Will of the Wisp or, you know, there have been a ton of paranormal groups that have come out to the spook light and done, you know, paranormal investigations and y'all can, that you can fall way down a YouTube hole on that as well. And um, just on the Joplin spook light. And then, wow. of course, Pam, you ruined it earlier, but the last theory is that it's aliens yes. um, who've been... Yes. Wait a minute. Yes. Oklahoma no. aliens or Missouri aliens? Well, <laughs> they're obviously just visiting the whole Ozark. So here's the thing. If you watch, and I'm just <laughs> saying, this is just an observation. If you watch any of those, um, there's a bunch of... Uh, footage that comes out of Mexico City especially they've had lots of UFO light sightings you know mm -hmm. and I don't know if you guys saw what the Navy released just recently you know recently which, yeah, yeah yeah I haven't seen it but I heard about it well so when you see those and I'm not saying they're real I'm just saying that it will often be one big light that fractures into several lights and then they'll come back together before they wink out. And before I even looked at the alien theory, as I was watching that Joplin footage, I'm like, dang, this looks like UFOs. So then I found that, you know, in fact, some people think that's what it is. So, so here's my question. And I've been, I've been holding this since you started talking about this. <laughs> why would the you, why would the aliens be hanging out in Northeastern 
uh, Oklahoma and southwestern Missouri just hanging out for 200 years. Well, who knows? You know, some people think, and I hope we do this as uh, one of our episodes, but some people think Bigfoot is an alien, that he's not a natural species to. Mm-hmm. Or he's on a parallel. Ooh, yes. That, yeah. That's what I've learned. A dimension. Before. Yeah, he's in a, a parallel dimension. So okay. maybe that's what this is. I don't or know. He's time traveling. He could, could be time traveling mm-hmm. for all we know. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a portal and maybe the New Madrid fault line and the escaping oh, swamp gas yeah. is him coming and going. And a portal. A <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it scared people. So there you go. So Spooklight Road is in, in uh, it. On our uh, Instagram, which we one day will have, um, Spooklight <laughs> Road is 11 miles southwest of Joplin, Missouri, just past the village of Hornet. It's in an area where Missouri borders Oklahoma and Kansas. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and here, here I said, see, I had two different things. The light is most commonly described as being visible from inside the Oklahoma, that can't be right, Missouri border looking to the west. And if you get to Hornet, Missouri, um, there are signs that point you to where you're supposed to be. And that, oh, for heaven's sake. That's the Joplin spook light. Yay! Good job, John! Awesome. That was awesome. I know. Isn't it interesting? Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I don't know. What do you all think? Well, yeah, I think I, you know, I didn't know much about it. I'd always heard of a spook light, but I didn't know it was, I mean, I was raised in Northwest Arkansas and, uh, and we, and and my family talked about lights that move at the end of the road, but I did, I didn't have any specifics about it. And one wasn't until we started talking about, you know, doing this and doing spook stories from from the Ozarks that I even knew any anything about it. So yeah. I think it's very cool. Yeah. When I was in college, we uh, we traveled uh, down that way, but we never saw anything. Um, of course, did you go to that road? We, I, if I remember correctly, we did. I think we went to the right place, but I don't remember much because there might have been some alcohol involved. Yeah, that's uh-huh. what I was going to say. Well, if you watch that footage, like, you know, as I have these memories as a five-year-old, I'm like, did I make that up? Because nobody remembers it. Why would grandpa have had me out at 10 o'clock at night and freaking Joplin? I mean, we would have had to spend the night, right? Unless we were going back and no. forth to Oklahoma or something. Oh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. That. But I mom doesn't. That. I I totally see grandpa taking you and bringing you back at like, you know, one o'clock in the morning or whatever, Uh even though uh, you were like five or six or whatever. Well, so my, probably, that's probably what happened. My point is, um, when I looked at that footage trying to go, did I dream this up? Um, There is some older footage and photographs when that place was a dirt road and I'm like oh no I've been here I have been here this is some he did it he well I'm I'm the fortunate one because I'm the oldest and I um he was you know when when I was a kid he was like in his 40s he took me to see lots of weird stuff so anyway cool yeah very good Donnie okay yay Yay. all right We are back after a little bit of a break, and we're going to have our second story tonight. And drink. And drink. drink. 
<laughs> oh, and uh, this goes to Dina. Go, take it, Dina. All right. So growing up here in the Ozarks, um, whenever I heard anybody talking about a spook light, I just immediately went to the Joplin spook light. I'd never known that there was another one anywhere. Evidently, however, there are quite a few in Missouri and at least one in Arkansas that I found while I was looking online. So starting south and moving our way north um, in, and excuse the pronunciation because I don't know if I'm saying this right. Um, in Gurdon, Arkansas, um, it's just south of Little Rock. There's the story of a white, blue, sometimes orange light that can be seen by the railroad tracks near the edge of town. Okay, spell so that. Spell that. Town. Gurdon. It's G-U-R-D-O-N. Hmm. Huh. Gurdon. Gurdon. I say Gurdon. 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 I was going <laughs> um, more. Pam's the okay, Arkansas expert. Yeah, well, below below Little Rock is all out of my out of, my, out of reach <laughs> jurisdiction. Okay, sorry. All right, it's all right. So the legend is that it is the lantern of a railroad man who fell on the track and was beheaded. So the light is that of his lantern while he searches for his head. Um, hey, that's like the miner. Hey, yeah. that's like the miner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is a theme through several of them. Not all of them, but through the next few, that's pretty much what the legends are. Well, if you're seeing a light, what else could it be? I mean, seriously, well, yeah. <laughs> on the railroad with a lighter. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, if you move north to the Boot Hill of Missouri, yeah, you. Go to the towns um, of Hornersville, Zenith, and Steele, Missouri. You'll find um, the next spook light. And this is uh, another lost head of a railroad worker. Um, <laughs> and it's near the Lulu Cemetery. They I'm telling you, that's what they are. Lost, lost head of the railroad workers. <laughs> no, it was really it. an issue back then. People <laughs> falling off the railroad tracks and getting their heads cut off. Well, must okay. I guess yeah. it was job, you know. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, this one is mostly referred to as the Zenith light. So um, Zenith. Okay. Zenith. S E N A T H. Zenith. What I'm going Zenith. with. Um. So if you work your way north, you'll come to the Farenberg lights, and that is near Sykeston, Missouri. And okay. They got so the most, I know throwing rolls there, but yeah. not railroad man heads, evidently. No. Okay. Um, so the most popular um, legend on this is um, of a World War I soldier. He was so excited to be home that he jumped off the train and slipped on the tracks. He fell down and once again also beheaded. So the light is that of his father searching for the young man's missing head. Oh, that's kind of sad, right? Man. It's the dad. It's not even the kid. Oh. Okay, and that's it. We're done with railroad track stories. So, um, <laughs> our next light is in Clark's Fork, Missouri, and it is said to be the spirit of a hermit from the early 1800s who mysteriously disappeared. 
And unlike the other stories that I've talked about, um, this light interacts with people and their pets. They'll chase dogs, and sometimes it'll set fire to the nearby trees. Oh, that was interesting. I it sets fire to trees. Okay. It'll set fire to the nearby trees. Hmm. Okay. And then the last one is in Knob Noster, Missouri. And this story. <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> I know Knob Noster. Noster is there. No, not Only Noster. in Missouri would there There's be a Knob Noster. Noster. I totally know where Knob Noster is. But anyway. Yeah, you would because it's near Columbia, right? Isn't it? Well, I uh, yeah, I no, thought it was near Warrensburg, but okay. Okay. All right. So this story goes that there was an unpleasant man who lived on the outskirts of town. But aren't they and all? During a, I mean, I'm just yes. asking. <laughs> all right. Sorry. You notice we, we've now all had a drink and it's way more chatty. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. So okay. during a rather bad storm, he decided to make his way to town for supplies. Um, while on the ridge, he was struck by lightning. The next day, several townspeople found him. It was said he had a look of horror on his face. Um, what was that? Locals what was that? Say, a look of what? Horror. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Locals say on stormy nights, you can see his lantern bobbing and swaying down the hill towards town. Hmm. So those are my Missouri spook lights my other missouri spook lights and my one arkansas light and i found all of this information online and if we need resources i have those so my question is can you still see these lights did you yes find yeah um all of them yes um and then there's uh, there's other ones too like i found one um from let me look on my notes real quick i found one on max creek but I couldn't find a whole lot of information on that one. That's why I didn't put it in. Um, is Max Creek close to where you live? Max Creek, no, it is close. It's mid-Missouri, too. Okay. Just so you know, Knob Noster, 15 minutes from Wardsburg. Oh, okay. So <laughs> when I was working at Shepherd of the Hills, my friend Teresa and I were um, up top. And we were cleaning chairs and people were coming down. We were getting ready to usher. And this young man came up to us. Now this show is about the bald knockers. It's probably That's another one that we're going to do. Oh, um, yeah. The bald knockers. The bald, the bald knockers. <laughs> this guy comes up to us and goes, so tell us about that knob knockers. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. No knob knockers here. <laughs> no knob knockers. That's funny. <laughs> okay, so uh, Dina, good job. Thank you Thanks. so much for for contributing that. Um, let, shall we all make our goodbyes? This is Pam. This is Deidre. This is Dawn. And this is Dina. Thanks for joining us. If you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, Keep your big mouth shut.